good evening and welcome to the latest episode of Magicast. I'm your host Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 190. In this episode we're actually not talking about current Rome, we're all talking about that. I've got a special guest with me all the way from Montreal, Canada. Um, I was supposed to record with this person before Christmas, but unfortunately I caught COVID for a second time and it's so safe to say don't get COVID for a second time because it totally wiped me out. Uh, with me tonight, I've got Julian Faustini. Uh, Julian is a football writer for Foot Italia, Cult of Culture, uh, Cult of Calcio, uh, and a Get, Get Italian Football News and is one half of the Calcio Talk podcast. Uh, Julian, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Uh, thank you, Scott, uh, for having me. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, it should be a good one. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thank you for for arranging this. We, uh, Like I said, we did arrange this to have this during the World Cup. Uh, you were one of three guests. Um, you were the, the, the final guest, but unfortunately, I got <laughs> ill after I, I went to a game of football um, in the winter over here in the UK. Um, uh, we had a very harsh winter, and yeah, got ill and was ill for about 10 days. And thankfully, I did hit you up on, on social media and then we agreed. I sent you a message about six weeks ago going, hey, do you fancy doing this during the international break? Are you free on this Saturday? Because yeah. I've got nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Julian, just wanted to talk a little bit about yourself. What's your background? You did say you pre-pod you in Montreal, Canada. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so a uh, born and raised in Montreal, uh, Canada. Uh, it's Italian background, which is why I fell in love with the the Serie A. Uh, my great uncle was an Inter fan, so um, Inter was my uh, childhood club. However, my family like is from uh, Frosinone, so like uh, Rome is pretty much my hometown. So despite being an Inter fan, uh, Rome was always a club. Uh, Roma was always a club that had uh, a special place in my heart. So that's why uh, it really meant a lot to be uh, to be invited on the the La Magica uh, pod. So. And, uh, yeah, I uh, watched uh, Inter from the, uh, from my youth, uh, witnessed them under uh, Mourinho. Uh, that was the first year I started watching Inter. It was the, the Mourinho, Mourinho era in 2008, 2009. Got to witness them uh, winning the treble. Uh, went through some uh, hard, uh, heartfelt years <laughs> in the uh, later 2000. In later 2000 but, um, and, yeah, uh, from the, there, uh, started off as a hobby uh, during COVID uh, due to the uh, lockdown restrictions. I thought as a way to keep myself busy was to just uh, write about culture. So originally I started off uh, on my own, like my own website, Culture with Julian, uh, just uh, writing about transfer news, et cetera, uh, injury updates and uh, match previews or reviews and so forth. And then um, from there, it, it's kind of a blossomed far uh far out of uh, it blossomed way more than anticipated to the point where now I'm uh, writing for uh, several Serie A news outlets, as mentioned, the Cult of Calcio, uh, Get Italian Football News, uh, and uh, Foot Italia. And I managed to uh, interview uh, quite a few uh, high-level uh, people within the culture world, such as uh, Simone Tonia, uh, Mirko Di Natale, uh, Nima Tavali Ruzzari, just to name a few. So it's been quite a whirlwind uh, year so far. Good man. I always say that I think lockdown was beneficial to some people doing, to do writing and stuff like that. I was in the same boat. I made myself busy 
I even probably drained myself out for a little bit up until the summer of 2021. But when you like you find yourself doing things, it really it keeps you busy, doesn't it? Because lockdown, it just it, I, I I dare not to think about it just because it was three years ago. I remember we had we had no sport or anything for what three months up until from right. March to probably the middle of June. Then all the sports. I remember the American and Canadian sports come back for us over here. Football was behind closed doors and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was. All, I always found in during that time, probably for about. 16 months it was probably good to keep yourself busy when the pretty much the world we didn't know what was going on and i'm glad that you're you're it's it's beneficial for you because you've come out the other end and you've done such a really a really really good job out at the end of it you were writing for was it three websites yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It keeps you busy, does doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about your podcast? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just just recently, uh, I joined uh, the uh, the podcast community uh, alongside my uh, co-host uh, Lucas Vieira, who who's pretty much a like uh, media production uh, person within the Sariac community. He does a lot of visuals for like cultural news and so forth, and. Yeah, every week um, we try to record a weekly episode covering the Serie A and all things Italian football, uh, known as a cultural talk. It's on uh, Spotify, and you can follow our, our Twitter as well uh, to keep updated with that. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I've always felt like podcasts is, is quite good to do as well because it's. Do you find yourself when you do it with your co-host? Do you find yourself you, you're looking forward to something to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always feel like I, I wake up, I oh yeah, I've got I've got a podcast later. I've got to talk about how crap Serie A referees are, or how. Literally, the majority of our episodes. <laughs> oh, how crap referees! Who yeah. doesn't want fourth place? But no, um, but yeah, Julian, thank you very much. No, I just wanted just wanted to talk a little bit about yourself before going into it. Um, you no, said you're, you. You said you're an Inter fan. Um, right. This is a Roma podcast, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, is there, who was your? You said you uh, got into Inter during the Mourinho era. Do you have a standout player for you during your years supporting Inter? Uh, it's it's got to be a Wesley Schneider for me. Oh, I thought great during, the trouble, during that trouble run, uh, during the trouble winning year, like that's an individual run that I don't think we've ever witnessed within such a long uh, period of time. Uh, the way he arrived as an out- Real Madrid outcast to suddenly a, a world-class star, the way he took the bulls by the horn and took matters in his own hand uh, that season was just spectacular. So. Oh, what a player. Um, do you reckon he should have won a Ballon d'Or? I think so. He won the treble. I made it to the World Cup final. I, I think that year was was meant for him. I, I think. Yeah. Who won it in two thousand ten? Was it Ronaldo or Messi? It was either one of the two. I think two. it was. Uh, I think it was Messi. I think. Yeah. I think it was. Oh, it, to be honest, in, he was in the middle of that golden run. But Snyder, oh my days, he was such a wonderful, gifted footballer to watch. Um, I know he's probably he's retired now, but yeah, it's such a joy to watch. And I remember watching that Mourinho team because that oh nine ten season. We uh, we don't talk about it on this podcast because <laughs> it was Roma and Inter going neck and neck. Roma had right. it with 
a couple of weeks to go and the pesky Sampdoria game where Pazzini and Cassano broke my heart and broke all Roma hearts in 2010 and Inter won the treble. Um, but Schneider was such a fulcrum to that side with the, with the way Jose set up in the first half of the season, which was the diamond formation where you had, I think, I imagine it was, was it Thiago Motta? Cambiaso. Yeah, Thiago Cambiaso. Uh, Thiago Mota, Cambiaso, and uh, yeah, Snyder. Yeah. yeah, and Snyder in the hole behind Etu and Diego Melito. Oh, yeah. I remember the Milan derby. I imagine it's probably, I think it was like the first couple of weeks of the season where yes. Inter won 4 0. And right. oh, oh, that was, you thought, uh oh. Jose's second season. He likes to cook then. It was just yeah. wow. Unbelievable, but do do you have much memories of that season? Because the previous season they won, it was the league. Did they win the cup that season or was that Lazio? I think Lazio won it in 09 and then, yeah, yeah, they beat Sampdoria in the final. My God, my culture knowledge is coming back. (laughs) But that that yeah, that, but uh, they won the Serie A title. Uh, yeah. yeah. won the Serie A title, got eliminated versus uh, Manchester United in the Champions yeah. League. So, yeah. yeah. What was your thoughts on that treble season? Because is that the pinnacle for Inter in the past 12, 13 years, apart from the, the title in 2021? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I absolutely. Uh, Winning the travel is something that was never achieved within I- Italian football. So to have witnessed uh, Jose Mourinho do it uh, with uh, with the team of, in that matter, the team in the sense they were built like uh, within such a short amount of time, not much chemistry, and uh, a lot of them were towards the end of their careers. So just the whole scenario, especially at the beginning of the season, it was the dramatic matter with uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic submitting a transfer request and then. Mm-hmm. Doing the swap for Samuel Eto, like everything, the the, the the whole sequence of events, uh, how it unraveled, it just makes it more meaningful. And just uh, witnessing that, I, I think that's uh, ultimately uh, one of the, the quite a pinnacle moment uh, within Inter's club history for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's probably the most iconic one. Yeah. In recent years, um, on Serie A as a general, I want to talk about Serie right. A this season. But as okay. a general, in the last ten since you've been watching, do you have any favourite players, favourite teams, bar Inter, and to watch uh, any standout moments at all? I love love watching Roma. Uh, love watching Roma. And, uh, Francesco Totti for me was like top notch. Uh, mm. never, never a dull moment uh, with him <laughs> on the ball. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Apart from Inter, my favorite club, maybe perhaps other than this season, like Napoli has been a joy oh. to watch. But most of the time, uh, if it's not Inter, Roma has always been a, one of my joys uh, to watch. You just probably won over probably the the majority of this of this fan base on the podcast by choosing Roma. Yeah, um, Totti. Oh man, I could watch videos of him on YouTube and go down a rabbit hole. Um, I got to watch him play live, probably in the the twilight of his career. My only downside was I never got out to watch to Rome to watch him in his peak. I think yeah. I would have just been in awe. Um, but no, it's an absolute gem. One of a kind, and I don't think you probably will see another player like him in football for a, for a while. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Just, oh, I... It's what been almost six years since he retired, and I saw some videos of him doing some stuff for for a YouTube channel not so long ago, and I was like, "He's four, I think he's forty three now, and he's still got it." And it's just like, "Whoa!" I know he plays what is it seven aside or six or seven asides? Yeah, 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 in Italy, and it's just like, "Oh my days!" But yeah, is it just Totti for you? Uh, any other stand up players in Serie A or in general? over the years you've been watching Serie A? Uh, Pure Law, 100% oh. as well. One of my favourite midfielders, uh, Kaká at the time, Ronaldinho as well. Uh. <laughs> just the gems, just the gems. Yeah, uh, they're all gems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before uh, talking about this current Serie A, um, have you managed to been over to Italy pre or post-COVID to watch some games? No. Actually, I've never, I haven't watched the game, but this, uh, this summer though, I'm planning to watch, uh, uh, I'm definitely going to Inter and Sassuolo. So that's confirmed. I'm just waiting for my, uh, to purchase tickets for Roma versus Inter at the uh, Stadio Olimpico. Oh, nice. That's, that is in early May. Yeah. Oh man, I'm jealous. Uh, uh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you'll enjoy it. Like this season, I've been to the Stadio Olimpico twice, and nice. I think uh, it's been amazing. Like you, I would say get uh, get there early and just yeah. enjoy the experience. Like for any football ground you go to, and if, if it's your first time going there, get there early and just soak up the atmosphere because it, it is brilliant and all that. Um, do you ever get to watch MLS out in Canada? Yeah, I've been to some uh, MLS. Uh, I've been to MLS games. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, some CF Montreal games, uh, especially during the time where we had the likes of uh, Divayo, uh, Nesta, and uh, Didier Drogba at the club. So it was interesting. Do you ever get to watch them recently, or is it just just recently? No, haven't uh, haven't been haven't been in a while actually. So. No, because the new season kicked off. Yeah, three recently. weeks ago. Sadly, yeah. we don't we don't get it over here in the UK no more. It's all on Apple TV. It used to be on Sky yeah. Sports. It's all on Apple TV. We can't even watch it ourselves. So it's, it's so yeah. yeah, that's so bad because yeah. is it you have it's a it's a streaming subscription now, isn't it? Right, right. Uh, it's almost like uh, the zone and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much yeah. Uh-huh. I could probably speak about the zone to to Italian football fans and see what their reaction is. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we talk about current day Serie A? Um, Na- Napoli are pretty much streets ahead and arguably the best team in Italy and I think one of the top two maybe teams to watch in in European football I probably will say Man City under Pep um, is probably the second um, what's your thoughts on Serie A this season it's Bar Napoli it's been really exciting to watch but do you feel like the quality isn't there that, that it was in previous seasons because there is, there's Napoli. There's teams who do not watch, do not want second, third, or fourth, and just completely screw it up every every week. And then you've got like a little teams like Bologna, Torino. I'd say Juventus a little, but you never know. They could get their fifteen points back, and everyone's going to be scrounging for fourth place. And then you've got like an interest in relegation battle where it took up until last weekend for Sampdoria to finally win a home game and pick up three points but how have you found Serie A this season? 
I mean, I found it entertaining in the sense that uh, it's dramatic, uh, a lot of unexpected turn of events, like uh, a lot of upsets. So that's always pleasing to see. Uh, so, like the small clubs, such as like at the beginning of the season, we had Udinese, uh, surprisingly, uh, starting off in, in spectacular form, uh, playing uh, playing in a, such a consistent manner to the extent where they question marks were raised about them possibly qualifying the Champions League. Mm. Now you have uh, Bologna, who's had a spectacular second half of the campaign and could possibly attain uh, a Conference League football. Um so in that manner, it, it's been really exciting to see uh, some of the smaller clubs um, perform really well and play a dangerous type of football against the the top dogs of the league. However, like in terms of the the overall title race, it's been a little bit disappointing. I was expecting to be closer uh, in terms of um, I thought it was going to be an overall like cl- closer race uh, compared to last season. Uh, uh, more clubs involved uh, towards the end, and it's it's clearly not been the case. The Napoli have blown the other teams out of the water. Um, I believe it's eighteen points. Uh, they have an eighteen point lead now, so it's it's pretty much like done for. Uh, it's just been disappointing from the the other teams in the top four. They just haven't been able to be uh, consistent enough to uh, to keep up with uh, with Napoli. Is it scary of how good they become this season? Because excuse me, they've lost they lost um, they lost Dries Mertens. They lost Lorenzo Insigne, they lost Kaladu Kulabali, they lost three stalwarts, and everyone was thinking, are, uh, are Napoli going to be okay this season under Spalletti? They got, they got Champions League football, they qualified for that, but they've bought so well. Like, Kim, no one really thought about going for him. Uh, uh, he played, he's playing his, his, his football in Turkey, Fenerbahce, 10 million. Three months later, there's all these clubs look, looking to uh, pay fifty million for him in January or in the summer, and then you hear Jose Mourinho when he was at Spurs were like, "Yeah, we're, we're interested in speaking to Kim," but they couldn't fork over an extra five million. Um, Victor Osherman's just gone on to a different level this season. Yeah. I think he's one of the best strikers in Europe, hands down. I think he's one of the best footballers in the air. Like for headers and stuff like that. Like the goal he scored last week against Torino was an absolute joke. Um, Kvitskaya, um, oh, uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, just the goal he scored against Atalanta a couple of weeks ago, uh, just one of the best goals I've seen all season from him. He just laid three Atalanta players on on their backside and scored a brilliant goal. It's scarier how good this team could be. Do you think when they sewn up Serie A, it's not if, it's just when. Do you think that there's there's a real possibility that they can win Champions League? Because one Italian team will make the final. Yeah, I think that there's one year for a Serie A team, or Napoli in particular this season, considering that they've been the best Serie A team uh, by far, like in terms of performance. I think this is the year to do it like already uh you have manchester city and bayern munich facing off each other so that's mm. already one favorite uh, that's going to be eliminated real madrid and chelsea as well and even like domestic like look at the, looking at the least domestically like real madrid are 12 points adrift from barcelona city are still like behind the arsenal so not only are they in bad form in their domestic season but also they're in the 
they're at a point where they have to play. Uh, every game for them is is important. Whereas uh, Napoli, they could rotate their squad and so forth with an 18-point lead within the Serie A. So they they have pretty much everything going in their favor. Uh, it's going to be difficult, of course, like with uh, facing Milan where Pioli is under scrutiny and there's a lot of um, there's a lot at stake for him uh, with his uh, with Milan's underwhelming form. They haven't won a game in the month of January. So there's a lot of speculation regarding his future and so mm-hmm. forth. So he, Milan are definitely going to try their best to, to, to make it through that tie. Uh, and they've been one of the teams that were, were quite close to, to beating Napoli at the beginning of the season. So it, it's going to be interesting. And then even if they, and if they take it to the next round too, uh, they could possibly face Inter where although Inzaghi hasn't been the best in terms of preparation within the season, he's a, he's a cup, uh, he's a, he's a coach, uh, that's, uh, Performs very well in the cup matches. We, we've seen it with Lazio, uh, during his era, his reign at Lazio. And uh, those one-off games are his forte. So it, it could be a very dangerous for, for Napoli. But I think, uh, it's, it's all pretty much work in their favor. I think, uh, this is, if there's one year where they could seize it, it's, it's this one in particular. Oh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Absolutely. Also- yeah, also, don't count out Benfica, who have been no, looking really, really good this season. They they had to go through the, the qualifying stages, and they had to play Shakhtar? I think it was Shakhtar? No, uh, Dynamo Kiev, I think it was. Dynamo Kiev, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the Ukrainian teams in the opening, the final qualifying stages, and got through, but they've got some really, really good players, and they're going to be, um, they've got... Uh, Roger Smith is their coach, and he's really he's, he did really well in his last season with PSV, and um, he's done really well at, at Benfica. But I, Benfica and Napoli are the two teams to watch out in the Champions League in the quarterfinal mm-hmm. stages because just it's just crazy. Um, before I, I'll ask a couple more questions, the Serie A relegation race that's going to be interesting. You got Cremonese, Sampdoria. Has Verona. I think it's Spezia also hovering around. Cremonese, I feel, are pretty much doomed and gloomed. Um, do you think Sampdoria have got a chance? If they can get a couple of results to, together, they're not far off Hellas. And Hellas, um, they, Hellas and Sampdoria played each other last weekend. And I watched that game. That game was crazy because there was a couple of goals disallowed for, for Hellas Verona. But Samp, it's a team where they really shouldn't be in this position, but they've been run poorly off off the pitch, and it's pretty much hit them on the pitch, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's really disappointing because back then, like the the quality of Sandori was was pretty pretty high, like a mid table uh, team. But now, and unfortunately, I, I don't think they have the quality to to compete uh, out of, to get out of this relegation uh, pit. Uh, I think Verona is superior, and they're a team that nobody would have imagined. Uh, to have been in the the relegation after their their impressive uh, season last year, uh, and I think like on paper like there's n- no reason why they should be in relegation. Now we're starting to see the second half they're they're turning things around. Although right now like within the last five games it's been a little bit of a rough period for them. They haven't attained the win. Um, I uh, I think they'll they'll manage to get out of it. Uh, I have Verona making it out somehow. Have you been surprised how good Monza have been this season? Very surprised. I, I, I didn't think they'd do, uh, that well, uh, 
I think they had a fantastic mercato. I think they had a mm. pretty good mercato in, in that aspect. Uh, didn't expect, uh, was kind of shocked of how horrible they started the season, but oh, never would yeah. I have imagined uh, their, their spectacular run of form at the beginning of the, the second half of the campaign after the World Cup. But the way they were playing was almost as if they they were trending to potentially qualify for, for European football at that rate. They were going, they were undefeated for almost like a month and a half, if I'm not mistaken, took points off Inter, Milan, and so a lot of the Juventus. Top, Juventus. Oh. Yeah. They did the double over Juventus. Yeah. I, I saw, I think it was one of Stropper's last games because uh, I went to the Roma Monza game in August. Um, don't ever go to Rome in August because it's bloody hot. It yeah. 36. Yeah, I went and once. <laughs> don't don't go. Uh, yeah, I got warned by um by Connor Clancy, who works for um another a, a very well known Italian football website, and is a, a good a good social media friend of mine. And he goes, uh, when I when I posted, I was like, you, he went, are you mad? <laughs> don't I don't go. I've been I've been to Rome twice in August, and it just like it was hot. But I went to the Roman Monza game, and I was. I wasn't surprised how poor Monza were because Roma just, just it was the best I've seen Roma play this season. Um, uh, they obliterated them and it was 2-0 after 20 minutes. It really could have been about 6 or 7. Um, but I'm surprised how they've turned the gap because they've they bought well. They've got some really good players. I, I'm a big fan of Carlos Augusto, the left wing back. Yes, He's absolutely. a really, really, really good player. Um, and they've, they've bought well. Um and Raffaele, Raffaele Palladino has done a really, really good job. I think it was a smart move to to bring him in. And look, they did the double over Juventus this season because yeah, Juventus. Would have that. No, no, no. Juventus have been a basket case this season. It's just been really, really strange. But no. Um, what as as this is a Roma podcast? What's your thoughts on Roma this season? And I uh, will. Add a caveat because he brings an authority, brings a cult of following that we've seen on social media as well. What are your thoughts on, on Roma and Jason Mourinho's Roma since his tenure? Because he's brought success. Um, there's a real good uh, possibility that Roma could make top four. Um, <laughs> how incons- inconsistent that teams have been <laughs> for, for top four this season, but. They're in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. They've got a really good chance to progress in that. But what are your thoughts of Mourinho and Roma this season? Yeah, I think overall it's been like very. It's been a pretty good season overall. Uh, I, I think last year it's fair to say that they were quite weak defensively. But but this season we, we he Mourinho seems to have addressed that. We small uh, Chris Smalling has been spectacular. Uh, Ibanez has drastically improved from last season. I think this is uh, the best version of Gianluca Mancini we've seen mm. in a really long time as well. Uh, unfortunately, they lack depth within the back three, so it's always the same uh, the same three defenders playing, which could get a little bit tiresome at time. But uh, I think it's been compact. Uh, Brian Cristante as well, um, he's been one of the best holding midfielders uh, within the league so far, in my opinion. So... Um, I think overall, like Mourinho has the defensive system down path. Just unfortunately, they haven't been as efficient uh, offensively. If not for Paulo Dybala, like they, sh- Roma has struggled to score. It took a while for uh, Tammy Abraham to hit the ground running. Um, 
and unfortunately it cost them some vital points uh, within the beginning of the campaign like we've like uh, the match versus atalanta where they should have been up easily oh, yeah. and i think that was a deciding factor that could have been one match where that where that could have made them title contenders had they won that but regardless i think uh Mourinho's roma has character uh they never give up and uh, great resilience. Uh, time and time again, they won. Uh, they seized points from the back foot. Um, down that uh, down against Inter at the San Siro, they won two one. Uh, the at the San Siro as well against Milan, they were down two zero, came back and tied it up to two. And even against uh, Juventus as well. And I thought that the um, I thought that Roma were. Uh, I thought the Roma, the recent Roma win against Juventus was like the turning point for Roma's season. Like I thought from there, like the manner in which they won and, and it, it was a spectacular defensive display. I thought at that point, like, um, Roma were going to thrive with confidence and just, uh, continue forward, uh, marching forward with, uh, without stop towards the top four. But then the, the Derby della Capitale was just, uh, unfortunate, uh, <laughs> how it all, un- all unfolded. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, but it's yeah, fine. And, and, uh, yeah, and just as I thought, like Roma were going to continue marching forward with confidence. There was the Derby de la Capitana, and then before that was the the dreaded uh, Sassuolo. Yeah, oh, that Sassuolo game is like I'm still head scratching about about that because that was not the typical Mourinho performance. It was a very open no. game. I do like watching Sassuolo, but I don't like watching Sassuolo when they're playing your team. If you if you catch my drift, where yeah, yeah, no, 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 I understand. Uh, they're dangerous. They're, they're a horrible team to play against because yeah. ever since Deserbi's uh, his Deserbi, he's now at Brighton, and then the current Dionisi, uh, the current coach, he's brought them on to a, a new an, an, another level because they they're not like. They're very explosive counter-attacking team. It's super explosive. Oh, oh Davide Fratesi is a, a, a wonderful player to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping he is in that Roma shirt next season. But that's uh, a topic for uh, that's a topic. But yeah, that game was was quite strange. The Derby della Capitale was. I think it came probably at the wrong time for Roma because yeah. they played. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of the pre. They had Juventus, uh, Real Sociedad first leg. Then won they won those two games and won them without conceding. Then you had the Sassuolo game, which was the three four, which was chaotic and crazy. And then you had the second leg of the Real Sociedad game, where it was. Roma were like, okay, uh, you, you can have the ball, um, and we won't. We'll just defend in a low block, and you have to get past us because we don't yeah. have to do much. And they did a really an excellent defensive job. It's a shame that the Chris Morgan goal was disallowed because that, that would yeah. have been the cherry cherry on top. But the, the Derby della Capitale was pretty much it was. It came at a time where I think both teams were quite tired. Um, uh, Lazio got knocked out by Alkmaar. They were the black sheep of all the Italian teams in Europe. You had six out of seven go through. Lazio just—I was going to say—they disgraced everyone. They—they <laughs> they did. They probably, they probably were yeah, thinking, uh, "No, they let the they let the, the Italian clubs go. They let yeah. the football fans down that day." Yeah, yeah, yeah but. I think, to be honest, I, I will hold my hands up. Lazio deserved it. They played really, really well. It's just 
uh, we talked about this last week on our pod. Roger Ibanez and the Dali della Capitale do not mix. Yeah, they don't like, mix well. Yeah. He's had three poor games, but no, yeah. it's just, I hope Roma can recover. They've got a really good chance this next, next Sunday because we are talking on the international break. There's European qualifiers for 2024. Um, hey, and they they got they've got some fable games. They've got Sampdoria and Torino, and then they've got the two final games, and they've got Udinese. So they've got good games to bounce back. Um, how Mourinho's doing? I, I feel he's doing a good job. Um, I, I've grown to him. Mourinho fans who've <laughs> pouted pouted us on social media. He, I've grown to him, but. There's a part of me of thinking there is a disciplinary issue at Roma, but that's the part of Mourinho. It's the the us against the, uh, right. uh, the, the the mentality that he has, us against the world. But do you think he'll stay for a third season if Roma get top four? Yeah, I think if Roma get top four, I think uh, he he will stay at a third season. Uh, I don't see him abandoning the club after they qualify the Champions League. Whether he'll stay past the third season, that's mm. a, a question. Yeah, that's another yeah. thing to be discussed. But I think uh, seeing the, the the strength and unity that he's constructed and bring, managing to bring in Paulo Dybala within this with this within this project, and the thought of how what else he could do to improve it going forward another season, I, I think uh, it's a it's a question that he would want to uh, answer and. So I think like uh, going into the third season of the Champions League is a challenge that he would not want to uh, to run away from. Do you think that Roma could go back to back in Europe? <laughs> could they back do? Back, could, uh, could they win the Europa League? I think Roma could win the. I think Roma could win the uh, the Europa League. Uh, it's. I mean, it's going to be tough. If I believe Barcelona is still in it, uh, if I'm not. No, they, they got knocked out by Manchester. Oh, Manchester United, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think Roma could. Roma could do it. Uh, I think Roma will be able to do it. Uh, Arsenal got knocked out too. Who I thought were the favorites to mm. win it. So. They're, they're dangerous. Roma is dangerous. Uh, defensive low block and counter attack with Zaluski on the, out wide. It, it, it's not an easy team to face for sure. I only ask that because I have a feeling that it's either fourth or another trophy. That's all I wanted to ask. But no, um, one of my final questions before we wrap this up, Julian. Okay. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to get top four? Bar Napoli, who are miles ahead. They're on a different, different planet. They're 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 champions in waiting, and I'm so pleased for Luciano Spalletti and and for Napoli fans and for the city of Naples because I know a few on social media. Um, they're really good guys. They've been waiting for so long. But Spalletti's one of my favourite coaches. Um, I, I, there's a part of me wished that he could have done this with Roma, but there was a couple of times. But yeah, it wasn't meant to be. But who do you think will get second, third, and fourth? I'm gonna go Inter second, Lazio third, and Roma fourth. I at this rate, I just don't see Milan qualifying for Champions League season. Do you know what, Julian? I said this on our podcast with Joey, who's a fellow yeah. Canadian from Montreal. I said this probably four or five weeks ago. I said both Roman clubs will get Champions League football next season. 
I feel like they're I, more consistent than Milan. They've been more yeah. consistent lately. I probably won't meet any fan, uh, any friends in, in Milan, but hey, <laughs> though, I, I, I just, it's just an opinion. But no, I, I feel top four is in reach. I think Latsu have a good squad of players, but they don't have a deputy for Chiro Mobile. They've been playing Felipe Anderson in the centre, and I I think he's done an an adequate job. He's done a a very good job there. It's just, when everything everything works for Sari in this system, it clicks, but they will have, they will have, excuse me, they will have an off day, but I think it's just the consistency in all, all three clubs, isn't it? They have a really good result one week, and then they absolutely shit the bed the next week, like Roma away yeah. at, at Cremonese, um, which I'm still seething a month a month ago, and then yeah. into losing away at Bologna on that Sunday midday kickoff a couple of weeks ago. Like I like I we were in WhatsApp groups, and me and Jerry WhatsApp quite a lot, and we're like this team's losing. Okay, this is our chance. We have to get the chance. Like, when we beat Juventus, I was like, top four's ours. But then we blew it against Tassuana and against Lazio. But, but there's still a lot of football to be played. What is it, 10 games Not, left? Uh, 10, 11 games. As 11 games. Yeah, 11. We're, we're week 27. Just been yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I think Napoli will win the title by Probably week thirty two or week thirty three. I think they've got Salernitana at home by week yeah. thirty two, and that's just like whoever won second, third, or fourth, because there is it's like five teams who won it, and you never know. There's this caveat in in the back of everyone's head and everyone's what mind. Juventus, <laughs> are they going to yeah. get their fifteen points back? Because they've been they've been doing okay. They've 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 put together some results uh, against Inter, which I probably you don't really want to talk about because of the controversial <laughs> goal which was scored. Mr. Rabio and VAR yeah. and handball in the last couple of weeks is probably don't want to bring up PTSD, but is there a feeling like with some Calcio fans that like Juventus will get their 15 points back? A part of me says, a part of me is actually like saying yes. That I mean, like. If I, I don't know why. I just feel like it'd be such a Serie A. It's such a Serie A moment. Like, it's just, I'm so used to the Serie A drama to the point where, like, I genuinely believe that somehow Juventus are going to get their, 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 their 15 points back. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a Talanova or a, a very... Uh, I was going to bring out the WWE reference because I was a wrestling fan up until a few years ago, but it's like it's like wrestling, like a a, sto- a massive storyline that you've yeah. deducted fifteen points. Everyone's up and like joyous because it's Juventus and they've had their problems in the past. I'm, yeah, um, and then at the end of the season, the rug gets pulled up underneath you and like, yeah, they get their points back and whoever finished fourth now finishes fifth and you're thinking, great, they're going to finish above us now. But this, I think that's that inkling feeling at the back of the head. Yeah, we've always been concern for sure. Yeah, but no, um, Julian, I think we've pretty much scratched the service. So we've almost gone 40 minutes. Thank you very much. Do you have anything else to add? No, I just want to thank you for the time. It was a great episode, great meeting you for the first time, and uh, happy, happy you have taken part in the La Madrigas podcast. You're welcome. Um, where can we find you on social media? We we plug the websites that you worked for. 
Oh, I plug, sorry, not we. Uh, I, we. <laughs> um, but if you want to, where can we find you on social media and the websites and your podcast? Yep, so you can find me on uh, Twitter uh, at Julian underscore Calcio and on Instagram at uh, Calcio Julian. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I might check your podcast out. Um, give it, give a listen on Spotify. I listen to too many sports podcasts, <laughs> and, and do you know what? I've been listening to a lot of TV podcasts. So, as you may have seen, because you like the tweet, I've been watching yeah. a lot of the the OC recently. I love right. watching it, and yeah, um, I, I could talk about the OC for, for for hours. But I listen to TV podcasts, so I listen to about Scrubs, Entourage. Um, OC, uh, I, I think there's a Law and Order SVU one that I might check out. I've got into Blue Bloods recently, so I'm gonna. Wa- I've been watching a lot of that. But yeah, I listen to a lot of football podcasts, cricket podcasts. Uh, there's a Football Manager podcast I listen to. So I've been getting. In, I've been playing a lot of Football Manager recently. And plus, it's international break, so I've got less football to watch. Um, yeah. So, apart from watching the Scotland game later, which they won three 0 so I might watch that in a bit. So yeah, but no, thank you, Julian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com You can find all our previous episodes on on the website. We're at episode one ninety, so we're ten away from a double turn. You can find us on all uh, podcast platforms, so Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. But if you do use a uh, a podcast platform to rate and review us give us a five star or give us a nudge to help out with the algorithm um i think we're at 4.6 um rating on spotify which is for me which is excellent get up get above get it close to five come on yeah but um julian absolute pleasure um you've made this saturday evening without football <laughs> top flight football <laughs> but i was at a game earlier which uh, i'd rather not talk about but yeah but thank you very much for joining me it's absolute pleasure really enjoyed it it was really i think we went just over 42 minutes but thank you very much for joining uh, um We'll probably be back for a podcast during the week. We did a episode, I want to say in the summer, about Roma in the 1990s, and we'll hopefully do part two. But Julian, once again, thank you very much for joining me. Um, anyone who's enjoying the football over the international break, enjoy it. Whoever was actually enjoying the international break, um, if you work whatever nation you support, as I said earlier, Scotland won three 0 so I'm on cloud nine. But, but we've got but we've got Spain on Tuesday night, and I'm not looking forward to that. But enjoy the rest of your weekends. Um, enjoy the football, and ciao.